and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with our game week game week six preview just as European football kicks off for a number of Premier League teams. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined by the glorious sunshine in Mallorca to my drizzly rainy Colchester. It's Andy Case. Andy, how is the holiday? I've seen I've seen that you got the little man on the beach and that's a that's not a euphemism for your nether regions. <laughs> I mean yeah, only you could bring up my never regions within the first one minute of the show. I, I guess they're on your, the forefront of your mind the majority of the day, so understandable. But especially uh, yeah. while you're on holiday, what can I say? <laughs> the uh, yeah, the the holidays is good. Yeah, well, you can't. I, I didn't realise how humid and stormy Mallorca is as a place. Actually, it wasn't somewhere that was on my radar as a humid place, but apparently it is a thing. Like they've had really horrendous storms this summer. Um, like major sort of flooding at points um, and it's been quite humid um where, where is it? is it is it one of the canaries or is it more like no, Lerick, off the coast of right yeah off the coast yeah it's in the mid so, fair fair so i know like, that they yeah. have they have like quite odd odd climate in the canaries don't they because it's so close to to africa and stuff but yeah less yeah, exactly. less aware of the balearics well, it's nice. Uh, it's been. I mean, I can't complain. I, I cannot complain really. I've not been at work, and it's it's been sunny most of the time, and I'm at all inclusive. So beer on top of tap. In fact, I have a beer in my hand right now. What's the? Uh, I've always find all inclusive lager can be a bit ropey. What do you give it out of ten? Well, as far as all inclusive lager goes, I think it's actually probably the best one because Ooh. it's the first time I've ever had like a branded one because yeah. they're like cause they're like the local one that's yeah. the that's the and here the local beer is Australia. nice so oh that's nice i've got Australia on tap yeah that is that is very nice that is very so that, yeah that, so as far as all-inclusive lagers go that's got to be up there as a nine or ten on your scale yeah i think so yeah i mean i've definitely had some pretty sort of soapy tasting beers before maybe that's the line that it's coming out of but yeah i've had some some soapy tasting all-inclusives before and i don't i don't care for that to the point that i just don't really want it anymore and yeah, I'm not a cocktails kind of kind of guy. I know you are a bit of a pina colada by the pool kind of lad as well. So, yeah, it, it depends. They're obviously they're a bit more stingy on the spirits, aren't they? But of course, uh, of course. Dip your hand into your pockets. Yeah. Treat your wife. That's what I say. Listen, she's lucky enough already. She doesn't need to worry about the drinks she's getting. Oh, Her life's yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, so for our listeners, we are recording on Wednesday afternoon. Um, that means that Andy hasn't uh, watched Man United yet this uh, this European game week. I assume you'll be hopping off to a, to a sports pub tonight, Andy, to, to watch 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 Harry Kane, the one that got away. Tonk you. Uh, some might say it's a coincidence, a lucky coincidence that there is a sports bar right down the road from the hotel we're staying saying yeah. in others might say it was by design but we'll right. never know we'll never we will never know we will never know absolutely all right well let's uh, let's crack on with game week six let's not take up any more of your valuable holiday uh, as always on our preview shows we'll start by running down game week's fixtures we'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points of which there are few uh, we've got some new players on the radar and players to talk about uh, there then we will be trying to catch each other in our honey traps very little to swim against once again this game week and we'll finish as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is stat 
that means your FPL deadline this game week then is 1.30 on Saturday the 23rd of September. There is no Friday night football and there is no lunchtime kickoff on the Saturday. Uh, we have three three o'clock kickoffs then. It's Crystal Palace versus Fulham, Luton versus Wolves and Man City versus Nottingham Forest. We do have a tea time kickoff, that's Brentford versus Everton. And then we do also have a late evening Saturday kickoff as Burnley host Man United. On Sunday, I think because of the Europa League, a lot of fixtures have been pushed back to, to Sunday. So we've got uh, the North London derby, Arsenal versus Tottenham, uh, Brighton versus Bournemouth, Chelsea versus Aston Villa, Liverpool versus West Ham and Sheffield United versus Newcastle United. What a treat. Yeah, it must be. I guess there are three Europa League or Conference League teams in that slot, right? Brighton, Villa and West Ham all playing. On the Sunday, so yeah, I'm yeah. surprised the North London derby isn't like twelve thirty on a Saturday. And, and, and oh, and let's Liverpool. not forget they play on Thursday nights as well. Sure. Well, they, I guess they're playing West Ham, so you know, all, all, all counts, I, I guess. But I'm surprised Arsenal Spurs isn't on Saturday lunchtime or Saturday. I guess they can't put it Saturday evening, can they? Because of all the drinking, and I guess there's Champions League for Arsenal tonight, so maybe not lunchtime. I guess that must be why, but. Feels a bit because Arsenal are playing on the Wednesday. I think that's why United's game is because they've got the um, what would usually be the there. That's why there isn't a twelve thirty because they are in the game that have been picked by TNT. So, yeah. but to, because they're coming back from Munich, I think is why it's got pushed to eight o'clock rather than twelve thirty. Could have whacked Newcastle Sheffield United on the, at lunchtime though. All right. Anyway, I, who cares? But it's all it's all it's all, it's all for telly anyway, isn't it, Andy. It's all for telly. It um, is. It is. I mean, I guess the main talking point this week is about that those European fixtures and the European rotation. Obviously, we've already had um, at the time of recording we've had the new we've had Newcastle and we've had Man City playing in the Champions League. Obviously, we've got the the, the rest of the Champions League games and the other uh, European competitions to go on Wednesday evening and and, and Thursday. Um, I guess at this stage of the season, we're kind of anticipating not masses, but maybe some significant European rotation. And we have seen it. I think um, Newcastle put uh, uh, arguably a questionable side out away in Milan, especially starting Jacob Murphy. I think think we'd all kind of admit that they've got um, perhaps more prominent or better known players in that, um, in that, in that position uh equally Anthony Gordon started over Harvey Barnes although maybe that's less of a less of a surprise um and we've seen we're, we're seeing some sort of rotation with Man City especially at the back obviously they've got injuries in midfield but um Akanji and Guardiola weren't playing in, in their Champions League game Carl Walker seems to have started every game that City played this year and that must, run must come to an end you think eventually um I mean, similarly with United, Andy, I'm sure that there are plenty of injuries there as well to, that limits rotation. And that feels like almost the story of Ten Hag's tenure. But we're going to see something here, aren't we? And I guess all eyes might well be on Brighton as the as, as Robert, Roberto De Zerbi, the tinker man, uh, enters Europe, European competition with Brighton for the first time. I mean, we'd be saying that even if Brighton weren't in Europe, wouldn't we, at this point? He's he's he's, he's rotated so much. So there'll be rotation on Thursday and then there'll be rotation again on Sunday, I think. Their, Brighton's attacking assets are fantastic, but we are, I think you and I are at the point here where we're treating them almost like City ones, where there's almost none that you can rely on. Like it, with City, you get the odd example of like obviously Haaland, who's a monster, and KDB when he's fit. But outside that, there's re- no real guaranteed starters in if everyone's or if a reasonable number of people are fit. Um, in, in in that City side, and the same now can probably be said for Brighton. Even players who perform well 
don't necessarily start the next game, not for any fault of their own, just because of, you know, tactics and they've got a lot of good options. So, yeah, I mean, you're likely to see rotation from Brighton, but you, even if when there aren't your open league games, you might do too. So, um, tricky one on them. Liverpool will be an interesting one. I, I wonder whether there might be some weaker opposition that Liverpool have where that might be the game where Salah gets a rest, possibly, just given the options that Liverpool have in forward positions. Um, yeah, West Ham as well, I guess now. They've added a little bit more depth to the squad last year, actually, whereas you actually could predict the Champions League teams a little bit more than the Europa League teams, because I guess, in theory, you're probably almost, almost always playing your best team in the Champions League if you can um, and so therefore there is a little bit more uncertainty with the Europa League teams whether the, whether managers might take that as the opportunity to to rotate or, or the Premier League yeah I think that I think that makes sense I mean Liverpool obviously have have, have Lask don't they this uh, this this match day I mean that is not all due respect, that's not as big a game for them. I don't, wouldn't have thought uh, as as West Ham on on, on Sunday. Um, so yeah, you'd, you'd imagine that that especially for you know those bigger teams in the Europa League that they will see that as a as a keen opportunity to rotate. Also worth mentioning that after game week six, it's then a Carabao Cup round three. Obviously, we see a, generally a lot of rotation in that before before game week seven, and then following that, the European match day two. So, if if there is going to be you know, one opportunity, one main opportunity to rotate in the coming in the coming weeks. You'd imagine it's going to be that Carabao Cup round three, but but equally, you know, some of the managers of these teams are literally playing, you know, midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday, so on and so forth, all the way up until the international break. So there is a lot of fixtures, a lot of uh, a lot of potential for for injuries and niggles, and and obviously rotation to keep players fresh. So always one to keep an eye on. But I guess uh, given we're recording a little earlier. Uh, this game week, Andy, there's not loads and loads that we can say about what we have already seen, more more so predicting what might happen. Um, but I think that leads us nicely to our radar. And I guess, interestingly, Andy, for the second week in a row, no one really positioning themselves in the centre of our radar. But there was one player that we did consider putting there. Um, we've opted for him in the mid-range in the end. And he, interestingly, was one that we debated swimming against last week. This is Julian Alvarez. Why are we all of a sudden so much more keen on him? And is it basically all down to injuries? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, ironically, I've just gone on the uh, a bit of a diatribe about um, about City's attacking assets and Brighton's attacking assets, but um, the, this instance is is almost the the exception that proves proves the rule, if you like, in that. They do have a significant number of injuries, City at the moment, and uh, the like. Grealish is still out, and uh, the the one that was, you know, that played on on Tuesday night, and that is also in the rotation, that's very trusted by Pep, was Bernardo Silva, but he's now injured. So there really are very few um, attacking options behind Haaland. Um, I think in in terms of players in the attacking midfield positions, particularly Foden, Doku. Uh, Alvarez are are pretty much the only three, um, other than you know some youth youth players. Um, behind that, there's maybe other alternatives that he could turn to, um, although they're fairly short there as well. So, 
um, that there's some chat that Kovacic may be able to return and, and I guess he can play in a bit more of an advanced position if if required, albeit it's not necessarily his most natural one. So um, never mind, obviously, the, then when you add to that, that of, of those three, let's say Foden, Alvarez, Doku, you know, Alvarez is, 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 is absolute banging form. Um, so I think he's as close to uh, as as close to your sort of nailed on start as you can hope for that being said for me I don't know what you think about this Chris I think you probably agree with me but the irony is the fact that Pep made a point to call him undroppable in a press conference actually ironically for me makes me more worried about his place because and that's possibly one of the reasons why he's on the mid-range rather than kind of like near the centre because I think if we had a nailed on City attack particularly at 6.9 million at any other point we'd be saying um that's a that's almost a center of the radar if you're on the radar and you're a city attacker at that price you're almost sent to have to be in the center but one of the things that holds him back i think is is it's just you, you cannot trust pep there's been examples of him saying that i think someone brought up on fpl twitter him saying that about ake at one point last season before proceeding to drop him for two consecutive games so uh yeah i guess that's always always be wary of, of a, a wolf in pep's clothing yeah, I think that's that's yeah, completely fair. Um, and yeah, when you brought that up, I I, I had to smile because <laughs> how many times have we been burnt by this man? Where he yeah you know, he says something, I, I, you you kind of don't want it to be deliberate. You kind of want it to just be like pep hyperbole, where he's kind of getting carried away with himself and really really sort of heaping praise on his player, but saying something to you know akin to I don't know if this is quite verbatim, but virtually or Alvarez is virtually undroppable. You can so see him not starting on Saturday or Sunday, Saturday, and it just makes you just, just yeah, like this. I guess the cynic in us, the da- the pep doubter, just wants to avoid at all costs. But at the same time, there is a clearer route to Alvarez starting regularly than there has probably ever been in a Man City shirt. And that's not to say that his performances aren't also warranting it. They are. You know, underlying numbers are okay they're not outstanding but you know he what he does he can create he can finish he can play a 10 he can almost play an eight he can play wide he can play through the middle you know he's almost that swiss army knife forward that 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 um and it's also you know that sort of famous second year in pep system although you know in his flashes last year he was also brilliant um yeah, there's 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 not a lot to dislike, I think, at this stage. And yeah, I guess those key injuries, obviously, with Bernardo Silva going off last night, supposedly out for a, a, for a few weeks. De Bruyne is still a long-term absentee. Um, Grealish out at the minute. Um, it does, and, and Kovacic, you know, injured for now, but how long for, I guess, remains to be seen. Um, it does feel like City's midfield picks itself, and in the on on their bench last night. Um, other than uh, Jeremy Doku, who came on for an injured Bernardo Silva, it was basically just Oscar Bob as an attacking outlet, and Rico Lewis can sort of play in a defensive midfield role, and not also they also don't have stones. So the majority of City's bench last night was with two goalkeepers, Guardiola Kanji, and I think Sergio Gomez. And it's just like, okay, well, you feel like Alvarez's minutes are as safe as they might ever be. So. Yeah, we did nearly swim against him last week. Um, you know, we thought that he was due a rest. He didn't get one. He hasn't got one since. He he still hasn't got one in the Champions League. But there doesn't appear to be many anyone else really that can come in for him at the minute. So, if he's as 
if he's as nailed as Pep is implying, and we think he is because of City's injuries, then he's as close to the centre as really we could put him. Um, that's. I mean, I've got I've got sorry, two go points. Yeah, go. The, fir- go, go. the first one, the, the first one is on Alvarez. I guess maybe you could just highlight some more of the upside in the like. I think we're almost between you and I, like almost set. We th- we almost think it goes without saying how good we think he is as a player at this point. I mean, I've done classic me and gone straight to the negative when I first started talking about him. But I guess the reason he's on the me- middle of the re- mid range of the radar is just because of how good he is. Like he looks great on the eye. He's an incredible finisher. He isn't getting as much XG, I suppose, as we'd like at this point, but his XA, um, or not even his XA, but just the number of assists, the number of chances he's creating. I think he's second or something for chances created in the league at the moment, which is um, not loads of big chances, but you don't need to create big chances in this team for for the players, particularly, obviously, Erling Haaland to score them. So, um, yeah, he's in and around and involved in goal involvements, basically. Um, And, yeah, uh, Obviously, we we think a very good player. So uh, you, all of the caveats and sort of potential negativity about Pep and rotation aside, that we've said, if he plays when he plays, he's he's obviously potentially like a a great option. That was my point one. Point two is, don't you think Oscar Bob sounds like someone who should be like entering Eurovision for like the Netherlands or Belgium or someone like that? Yeah, it feels like he is the the actual name of Epic Sack guy from all those years ago, like. Yeah, mm. I mean, you're, you're thinking of, of old Duve Bob, aren't you? Who did what? Hold on, brother, calm down, brother, something like that, wasn't it? Things was... like that. Yeah, that's the sort of that's the sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he has. So Alvarez created 16 uh, chances in the league, but only one big chance so far. Got two goals, uh, an XGI of of just under three in his in his five games, which obviously he has started. So yeah, he's he's. You know, got decent underlyings, but it's kind of you know not top five level. But um, but as you say, you know, given the attacking talent that surrounds him, um, he's uh, he's he's got plenty of opportunity for for returns. Also on the mid range, and the upgrade from last week is is Edouard at Crystal Palace. Uh, we put him on the fringe. He scored again. Um, increased uh, his sort of ranking for non penalty xG. Fulham, Man United, Nottingham Forest in the next three. I mean, defensively at the minute, Nottingham Forest is the most difficult one of uh, of those three. Um, still 5.5 million. Don't know if he's had a price rise yet. I don't think he has. If he has, he's only still only 5.6. De- definitely worth uh, going after at this point. I mean, yeah, I think we were, he was. I think would have been on the fringe last. Yeah, they were on the fringe last and... week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we were we were both very very tempted come deadline, and then obviously he returned, which is like the worst feeling really when you almost bring someone in but don't, and and then that happens. But I think it just adds to the um, the kind of confidence that he's the main guy through the middle for Palace. They're creating him chances. He he's getting on the end of chances. Their fixtures coming up aren't too bad. I haven't got it in front of me right at the moment, Chris. But um, what's their what's their run coming up? So the next three, Fulham, Man United and Nottingham Forest uh, are the next. Are the yeah. next so, yeah, I mean, of those uh, defensively, Forest are probably the sternest test, you'd think. I mean, in terms of the underlying numbers, certainly that's what I suggest at the moment. For Man United, I think, are actually like third or fourth worst in the league from for chances conceded from open play uh, or XG conceded from open play. So 
uh, yeah, that, I wouldn't be worried about that that fixture in terms of Palace getting chances, particularly with the number of injuries and stuff at the moment as well. So uh, I mean, there's a little quirk in the fact that Palace actually play United twice in uh, in a few days because they have the Carabao Cup against them and then they play them in the in the league. Um, whether that impacts things or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think I think given his price and the and the absolute dearth of forward options. Haven't we said that one or two times on this show in the in the past? It's, but, but it's yeah. nowhere near yeah. as bad as when we've said it before. This season doesn't feel a, a problem really? forwards. I really don't know who that. Who, I mean, we, we, the three we we Harland, Edward, Alvarez are at the moment possibly the only. Obviously, some people go in Archer because he's a starting four point five forward. But like outside that, who else looks viable in a forward position at the moment? I think that's the only four. In the whole game. I mean, I think that and there are forwards that are doing more in recent weeks. I think there are some that are doing okay. Maybe, maybe not completely worth their money. You know, Watkins has got some returns, albeit not not goals. I guess there's, you know, some have had fits and starts. Ferguson has appeared on our radar. Jao Pedro's been been there. I don't. I, it doesn't feel like it's a complete template head scratcher to me. The forward position this year. Um, whereas it has been last year, or it has been before, so, so yeah. But I think I think Edward is is, you know, if he's not the second best option behind behind Haaland, he probably is the the third best at the minute behind Haaland and Alvarez. So, so yeah, he fully warrants uh, a place on on our mid range. No, 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 no. The bot man, talk to me about Sven, Andy, because uh, he's a player that you're particularly keen on this game week uh, to bring into your own team. Well, I don't know if you mentioned the underlyings on on um, on Edward, but if not, you're going to have to also be the guy to mention the underlyings for me on uh, on Botman as well in terms of Newcastle in, in the last four games. But I know you spotted something, but essentially we know from last season Newcastle sort of look, have been very good under Eddie Howe defensively, um, and they've had a really really tough season but they've still not been bad in terms of the underlying numbers and now they've got a fixture turn okay they do have champions league which might make some of their players more fatigued because that because ironically rotation is an issue in, with, for them in terms of champions league but that's just because they have such little depth so you, you bot should be getting starts still in the premier league despite his champions league games but will that make him fatigued we'll, we'll have to wait and see that that aside though he's a 4.5 million defender for a team that finished in the top four last season and they're still doing okay defensively this year um with, with a decent fixture run coming up so yeah i mean he uh a 4.5 mil defender for a great a team with good clean sheet upside basically is just always has to be in consideration i think yeah i completely agree so newcastle are currently third for expected goals conceded or at least off our third for expected goals conceded over their last four games. And obviously that's Sheffield United and Burnley, the next two on the horizon, West Ham after that. Uh, but obviously, yeah, there are, there is European fixtures to, to, to contend with, but um, I think the only centre back on, um, on Newcastle's bench last night in the Champions League was Jamal Lascelles. Yeah, he's barely featured in, in the Premier League for quite a long time. So, um, so yeah, you'd think that Botman's place is, is safe. It's just whether fatigue um, ends up having a bit of an impact on Newcastle in general and whether their underlying numbers stay stay quite strong. Um, moving out to the fringe, Andy, um, Matty Cash has the third best non-penalty expected goals out of anyone else in the game. Only Erling Haaland and Nicholas Jackson, of all players in the game, have, have better non-penalty XG than Aston Villa's right back. So why is he on the fringe? 
you mean why is he on the fringe as opposed to being higher up i take correct. it um, correct yes yeah well Villa are I think 10th they're somewhere in mid-table in terms of XGC over the expected goals conceded over the course of the season and and and, and so basically that there's he's a defender there's not massive clean clean sheet potential there's okay clean sheet potential but not huge um so that's that's one reason another is whilst it's a positive that he's had three or four huge XG chances um that's a small number that's a small sample size right how sustainable is it i mean i think it's it's legit to think that he's being told to get forward and get in attacking positions when the opportunity arrive arises um and but and and some of the games he has played in a, like a 3-4-3 which means he's a, arguably even more advanced than, than when they're playing a four at the back villa um but but then on on the other hand like how sustainable is it i guess is is if there's only three or you know he's you say he's third in the game but that's like mainly made up by three or four chances and how sustainable is that in the long run um when you add into that then as well that his other element of attacking upside would be xa and that is almost non-existent um that would usually be what the classic what you and i would be looking for from a from a fullback so that's all the negatives again but i mean that said you could definitely spin it as a positive that he's had multiple big chances for a fullback. That's that starts to look like more because it was and it wasn't just in one game. It's come across three or four different games. Makes you seem to think it's a pattern. It's a deliberate tactic more so than just a, a coincidence. And um, yeah, he's 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 only the, the 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 clean sheet thing will be more of a worry if you you want some more clean sheet certainty from more expensive defenders, right? He's 4.7 million, I think, at the moment. So in terms of like potential value versus upside, because if, if it was like a 4.7 million midfielder with that level of like XG and and those many chances in, in decent places in the box, you'd absolutely be on it. Never mind the fact that they're not getting points for clean sheets, right? So I think that's, that's the balance of whereabouts we've ended up with, with him on the fringe. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think there is just kind of like, a skepticism that it's sustainable um i do wonder if we've slept on him a bit and whether he could be a bit higher up so he has the third highest penalty area touches for any defender in the game he's got the most shots three more than seconds he's got the most shots in the box three more than second and obviously the big the most big big chances i guess what also causes me some concern is just like during pre-season esri konza was pushed out to right back and I just one. I just have this fear that Emery's going to go a bit conservative at points and not want this kind of gung ho right back playing quite so high. And we've also seen it on the other side with with, with Luca Dean. He's got forward a lot and got got a number of assists, particularly you know in the Europa um, Europa Conference League qualifying. I think that you know Emery has got his fullbacks very high it almost looks like a bit like a dare I say a Steven Gerrard team in the way that the fullbacks have set up thus far um but yeah I I just have this 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 fear that he's he's gonna get pushed out for it for Esri Conza at some point I mean I know Villa do have centre-back injury problems and maybe Matt Cash will will, will benefit from that um but yeah I, I mean you can't expect I guess your your fullback to to have or any fullback to, to be top three for non-penalty XG in the league. Um, so, you know, that will fall back eventually, especially in, in terms of just sheer ranking. But yeah, at the minute, he is kind of getting a big chance per game. And while he's getting a big chance per game, um, you know, there's a, quite a lot, to, a lot to be liked there. 
Um, and and yeah, especially if 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 managers are looking for Ben Chilwell replacements, which they may well be, given some of the some of Poch's comments this week about about Mudrick instead, um, and also Brighton have a different have a tricky run at the minute with with Leicester Pinyan. I mean, Matty Cash is cheaper than them both and has better attacking numbers than them both. So, do wonder if we're if we're a little bit more cautious with him in terms of our radar placing than we should be. But equally. Um, it is an anomaly having a defender so high in 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 the underlying numbers, um, albeit you know, with a very small sample size. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's that's it. Basically, that's the balance of it. That's why he's that he's there on the on the fringe. I think you and I both sort of like him on the eye as well. That we like when he goes forward. So that probably helps him here. Yeah, what, maybe. Wait, oh, wait, we've both, we've gone back and forth on him a bit over even these first few game weeks, haven't we? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, another surprise, I think, for the fringe, Andy, is 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 a is a little known FPL asset named Mohamed Salah. Um, he, he's another one that it just feels wrong that he's not nearer the centre of the radar. But ultimately, we're not getting out of Sunak. Oh, sorry, out of Sunak. You know what? I've just said Sunak because I've just got a BBC notification about Rishi Sunak. But anyway, we're not getting out of Salah what we might have come to expect. Having said that, I mean maybe still, we're not getting out of Sunak what we might have come to expect. Look, 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 let's not. Let, it depends. It that very much depends. Without getting into the party politics, it very much depends how high your expectations were. And uh, that was true. And yeah, some might say that he's delivering exactly what uh, exactly what was expected of him. Um, but we're not getting what we might have come to expect from from Mo Salah. Um, he still has good underlying numbers, but his XGI is pretty equal between xa and xg um that's not rarely been the case for him frankly he's always kind of had xg outweighing his xa and then when you take penalties away his xa you know kind of kind of dwarfs his non-penalty xg obviously he gets two fewer points for an assist than a goal um but he does still have good underlying numbers and i guess it's to what extent andy he's worth the price at the minute is he worth the outlay at 12 points Five million. I guess if you don't have him, it's going to be pretty difficult to get him in, isn't it? I suppose that the amount of restructure that would be needed um, might might be tricky. Yes, but if you haven't got him, you've probably got. You must have some money in the bank, right? Surely you've not. Where where would you sort of spent it? Arguably with the mid cheap midfield options, so that we've got maybe you've got a stacked premium defence. Some people think about wild carding. You know that that is that is starting to become more and more on people's minds. So that's a way of getting him, um, getting him in, right? And I think ultimately he. So so the reason he's on the fringe. I think the only real real reason he's not higher is is the price. Basically, um, he's consistently returning. His underlying numbers are good, very, very good. Let, let, let's not just say good, very good. I think second in the whole game for non-penalty expected goal involvement and yet has had one, maybe two penalties, I'm not sure, this season. Um, so he's up there in terms of XG when you include penalties as well. But 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 yeah, as I say, his non-penalty underlying data is, is second only to Haaland. So um, consistently returning, consistently getting underlying numbers is a nailed-on starter in that Liverpool team. Um, they they are creative, although they've not been at their best for a while now. They are still ultimately creative as a team. Um, he uh, um, and 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 so like Harry Kane was between eleven and twelve at points last eleven and a half and twelve at points last season. So not much less than than Salah is now. And um, he was you know showing this level of consistently returning. And 
uh, we were sort of adamant you, you absolutely needed to have him and he got one less point for a goal. Now he was scoring a lot more goals than Salah, but like, you know, and there's no guarantees that Salah will keep returning every week. It's a bit of a freak, isn't it, to kind of get, get returns. It's one thing getting 25, 30 returns in a season. It's another getting like one per week every week, but it's a very handy trait for him to have right now. That was basically what Kane did last year, wasn't it? It was like you know, never, never hauled, but just consistently kept things ticking over. So, so yeah, um, I guess Salah's ownership at the minute at 27% feels higher than Kane's was at most points last year. It feels a lot higher, in fact. But, um, but, but, but yeah, I, I completely take your point. Um, anyone else worth a mention, Andy? I'm going to kick things off with uh, Mateus Nunes and Jeremy Doku. Um, we've already mentioned. Uh, when talking about Julian Alvarez, City's injury problems, Nunez got his first start in the Champions League last night. Looked on the eye to be getting into the box late, a la Ilkay Gundogan, but I uh, don't think he created much in the in, or don't think he had much in the way of of clear cut chances. Um, similarly for for Doku, I think he's played the last two Premier League games, scored a very good goal in in one of them, but they both look like they're nailed, and I think crucially. They are both midfielders, which limits their upside. Obviously, there are plenty of midfield spots uh, in, in Fantasy Premier League at the minute. But Doku at six and a half and Mateus Nunes at five million pounds could be a bit of a snip, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say I, I potentially agree. Um, Doku, 6.5, obviously costing a little bit more. And there's a lot of other midfielders in that type of range. He's looked good on the eye without his underlyings doing much yet um so hence or you know anyone else here keeping a bit of an eye on um Nunes is interesting because I think one because his price is so much cheaper at five mil but two because he seems to have come in in the first game he started to and play a bit of the gundo, gundo role which arriving late and we saw what that did for Gundogan in, in, in FPL um, a number of times. So so that could be a really interesting one to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. Is there anyone else that's catching your eye that you want to keep a bit of a bit of an eye on? I feel like there might be a, might be a, a, a wide forward worth keeping an eye on. Well, yeah, I mean, there's potentially two, I suppose. Um, partic- particular sticklers for two uh, for the um, FPL lounge. We'll, we'll notice that that we would usually talk about the players that were on the radar last week, and Son was the first of those that we discussed last time out. But yeah, he hasn't had a mention here, and I think he's dropped off somewhat significantly um, from our thinking, just mainly because of the fixture turn. I mean, a little bit of it is because of the fact that he, he didn't have loads of opportunities, despite playing for the our question before last game, was is he going to continue to play through the middle? Well, he did. You might have thought, great, but... No, that didn't lead to many particular chances. So now with a slight fixture term for Spurs, he's not someone we'd be thinking about bringing in straight away. But, it, you know, it still looks like he could keep starting through the middle. And when their fixtures turn back again, I think it's Arsenal and Liverpool in these next two. Um, not that Spurs can't score in those games. They absolutely can. But, um, yeah, it's just it's for his price, he's not someone you're necessarily going to be immediately thinking. So, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely one that in the back of my mind I'll be keeping an eye on, but but uh, not not on the radar anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, yeah, two for me, Jared Bowen, worth keeping a bit of an eye on. I think he's got decent underlying numbers, for, given uh, you know, has kind of flown under the radar this year. Um, and then Pedro Neto, for me as well, has pretty good underlying numbers, especially in terms of his creativity rather than his goal scoring. But Wolves don't have great fixtures and, frankly, no one really to put his uh, put the chance that he creates away. Um, let's leave it there, Andy. We'll take a quick break. You can uh, top up top up your lager. 
Uh, and when we return, we'll be trying to catch each other in our honey trap. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So, Honey Trap this week. Let's review our swimming against the tide from last week. Uh, that was Christian Romero being the fourth most transferred in. Uh, we kind of said that was a bit of an re- overreaction to her, to quite a few uh, goals going in uh, for, for, for the Spurs centre-back. Um, I don't know if this is just me, Andy, but from sort of my uh, price change predictor I'm looking at, he's nearly approaching another price rise, which implies that people are still bringing him in. So maybe we could have swum against that again this week. But uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure come I'm sure come uh, come closer to the deadline, maybe uh, maybe that 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 will have reversed itself a little bit. Um, caught in the honey trap. What you got for me this week, Andy? What are you going to try and lure me into your trap with this time around? Well, no spoilers. Um, not getting ahead of ourselves, but I think it might be better if you go first this week. So I, I, oh, I've gonna... got no idea why, but okay. Um, I mean, okay, they've thrown me off here. Let me let me just do a little bit of do a bit of ad lib. You know, don't probably have to have to have a little sing song. Get my notes up. Okay, here we go. Right in the Premier League this week, there are two London derbies: Palace versus Fulham and Arsenal versus Spurs. And my honey trap for you is that Odson Edward will be the highest point scorer of any player in those two fixtures. And that is the highest, not joint highest. He will be the clear number one. Okay. Well, Fulham, I think, are worst for expected goals conceded in the league. So, Correct. Palace at home... You know their main striker. We've put him on the mid range of our radar. There's a there's a reasonable chance of this, right? Obviously, I've got the field. I've You've got, got the field, including a lot of Spurs and Arsenal options. So arguably, arguably, you've got all of the Spurs and Arsenal options. Well, yes, all of them. Yes. There you go. Um, I mean, I I think I have to take you on the balance of probabilities. Um, but I, I think this isn't as crazy as it might sound, particularly if you've not listened to the FPL Lounge first half of this week. If you've just come in cold after the break and not listened to our fantastic reasoning as to why Edward is on the is on the radar, um, you you might you might think this this sounds outrageous as a, as a shout. But um, yeah, like I say, don't think it's 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 completely unfeasible. But yeah, got to got to take it. I think so. Yeah, welcome me into that trap. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. All right, come on then. Show me the honey, baby. Well, interestingly, uh, based on what your one is, uh, yeah. I, I am glad that I went second because I think both of ours are going to lead nicely into the next segment. Right. As I, The honey trap I have laid out is that I believe that Erling Haaland will be the king of the week. Yeah, I was very tempted to go along a similar route, actually. Um yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take you on 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 that. I think um, I guess I guess there's just I don't know. Harlan doesn't look quite not himself, but like he feels like he's not as clinical as perhaps he was 
at points last year. Um, maybe I'm really, really suffering from from recency bias, which includes a blank against um, against Red Star last night. And I think he missed quite a few chances against West Ham um, on on Saturday. Obviously, he did get a hat trick the the game before that. So um, yeah, not, not on fire. Yeah, well, quite, quite. But there does seem to be kind of just like a sense that he is missing chances at the minute. And I could see him, I could see him scoring once, but I don't think that'll be enough to get him king of the game week. I could even see him scoring twice and that might not be enough to get him king of the game week. Obviously, generally speaking, if a defender scores and there's a clean sheet, they've almost got it nailed down. So... So yeah, I'm 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 willing to roll the dice on on that. I kind of feel like Haaland probably needs three returns to get king of the game week, or to at least guarantee it. And against Forest with City with number of injury issues, yeah, I can I, I can see a route to it. So I will take you up on that. Um, yeah, yeah. And Forest Forest have been sneaky good defensively. Um, this season so um yeah i think i think that that makes it and never mind the fact that even if they hadn't looked great defensively you've got the whole field and there's many other people even from man city who could score higher than him let alone obviously all the all the other teams although i, I don't know whether this is the beer that's doing this to me or what but i felt like a, a, a burning sense of injustice for for erling Haaland, really sitting here listening i mean remember I have had the pleasure of both watching Erling Haaland and Chris Hopkins play football. And I'm sat here listening to you doubt Erling Haaland's finishing ability. No, I'm just saying that he might, that he isn't going through the in, insanely, unprecedentedly pro- prolific patches that he went through last year. So he, he has, at the minute, seven league goals and an XG of 7.1. Now, at points last year... He had seven league goals and an XG of three point five. Like, and that's just that's just a fact. So he is hitting his underlying numbers at the minute. He is not exceeding them. And I think that yes, obviously he gets a lot of chances and he creates a lot of XG. But there have been occasions this year, this year in single games where he's underperformed his underlying numbers. And there are going to be games where he's where he doesn't. But I'm I'm going to roll the dice on this. I think. And and yeah, he. I'm not saying he's out of form. I'm just saying that he he doesn't appear at the minute as clinical as he did at times last year. And I think, therefore, I will be yeah, I'm willing to roll the dice, especially with City being potentially well, they are they have fewer attacking options to, to alongside him at the minute. Um, I don't really think that that matters because ultimately everyone at City is, is pretty good. But you know, when Haaland's been at his best, I think he's had. De Bruyne and Grealish, etc., around him, and he doesn't at the minute. So yeah, I'm 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 willing to roll a dice on it. Yeah, when you put it like that to me in terms of the XG, I kind of that from that makes sense in my head more. Yeah, that I guess that just works with the way my brain thinks about it. I get what I get what you're saying, though. There's still something that rankles with me about about it coming from me. Basically, that's your problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like because like Erling Haaland's still really good at finishing, and you're really not. Yeah, but. You know, I don't, I don't really care. I'm not here to compare me to an elite international footballer. So, <laughs> good, good. That would be a rubbish podcast. It wouldn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be. Um, anyway, uh, let, let's move on to 
to captaincy and uh, and Erling Haaland against Nottingham Forest, Andy, is probably going to be top of our top of our list. I mean, as always, uh, his incredible, incredibly high ownership, which I've, it now has hit 92%, which is just ridiculous. But there we are. Um, so hang on a second. Can I just clarify? Are you saying you think that Erling Haaland might be the most likely person to score the most points this game week? I think he's... We should captain him. Is that I, think, I, I think he is... Given given his high ownership, I think he's the safest captaincy pick for this game week. There you go. How about that? Well, so that is so that's so only because of his ownership. You don't think that that's nothing to do with the fact that he might be the best person to captain because it. So so if he if who do you think will score the most points and who who would be a better captaincy pick than Erling Haaland? Well, well, well. So I don't necessarily have. A defender in mind, but I but I'm willing to roll a dice with the field, which is what you've given me in terms of the honey trap. But if I had to pick just one player, then I'll probably go with Erling Haaland. But if you're giving me the field, I might just go with the field. If that's all right. Okay, okay that makes that makes he's, he's, he's coming at me with his, with all of his probabilities, <laughs> trying to out math teacher me. And you know he can out math teacher me. He famously was a math teacher. But, you know, I've learned enough and listened to him and spent too much time doing this podcast with him to be lulled into in, into this sort of trap that he's that that if you're going to talk about anything that's beer induced is this is you trying to wind me up on this podcast. <laughs> it's working by the sounds of it. But um, in fairness, all I said was I was just trying to clarify. No, will be the most likely person to score the most points this week. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think, look, if, if, if I, I do think that this segment is ruined by his ownership. And his ownership, we've talked about it enough, so we don't have to keep going into it, but his ownership makes captaining captaining any other player a massive gamble and a massive roll of the dice. I also think that this week he he has a home fixture, which is always something that we look for, and there aren't many other good attacking assets that we would really hang our hats on. In fact, spoiler alert, we think maybe the second best captaincy option picked this week is is Edward at home to Fulham. You know there is no you know we're not putting a Tottenham player or an Arsenal player or or, or or anyone else really on this in this captaincy segment. You know mostly because because they play each other. But Liverpool don't have the easiest fixture this game week either. So you know Haaland is the standout of the attackers. But but yeah, can I see a route to you know? James Tarkovsky scoring and Everton scraping a one nil, yeah, maybe. Like, and and therefore he gets king of the king of the game week. Is that as likely as Erling Haaland scoring two or three? No, but is any defender doing that or any midfielder outscoring him this this week? Yeah, I think it, it could be. So that's that's why I'm not taking the honey. That's why I'm taking the honey trap, and uh, but still think he's the best captaincy option. I feel like I've tied you up in knots a little bit there, but I, I what you're saying makes sense. There we yeah. go. I mean, I'm happy to do a lot of the legwork in this one while you sun yourself on a, on a lounger. But um, but but yeah, I mean, who who else is there? I mean, I, I guess I've already kind of given it away that that Edward versus Fulham feels like our maybe our second best option this week, and he's definitely a transfer that we're still both strongly considering. Could definitely get the vice captaincy from from us both. I mean, I don't hate Bruno Hoyland or Rashford against a Burnley team that conceded five having a high line against Tottenham. It feels like it's the sort of game that plays into United's hands a bit. But still, I don't trust United. So I wonder if you've got any more insight on that. And obviously that is in lieu of of seeing them tonight against Bayern. 
Yeah, I mean, I think when they get done seven in Munich, you might you might feel differently. But um, <laughs> do you think think, think, think it's going to be that bad, dear? Oh, I'm I'm seriously concerned. Like Bayern, Bayern's front line is 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 ridiculous, and we're um we have like we're going there with five defenders, one of whom is Johnny Evans. Um, so we are. Our starting back four is going to be Reggion, Martinez, Lindelof, Dallow, and it doesn't. And then never mind the the midfield to, in front of them to offer zero protection. Probably Casemiro, Tom, Casemiro and Eriksson. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's not good. I think I'm, I'm very concerned. Um, but 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 uh, fatigue is 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 mainly the only and, and morale is other main issues with the United assets. Um. Logistic, logically, tactically, I can understand um, the point about Burnley having a high line and, and United being ironically actually better when they play on the counter. So it might be a good matchup for them playing Burnley um, and, and and Rashford getting in behind. He's generally someone who performs well in, in games where United are on the counter. So there there is a route there to Bruno and Rashford points. Um, they will both start, you'd think, in Munich. So, you know, there is that, like I say, element of potential fatigue. I think I would personally feel safer going towards Edouard, you know, being it's it's weird because Palace aren't particularly under Roy aren't known for their obviously necessarily creativity, but the amount of chances Fulham have conceded. Um ultimately you're talking about vice captaincy as well, so I guess who cares in, in, in some respect, but um I'd feel perhaps a bit safer going going Edward as the vice captain. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean Palace do rank in the bottom half for uh, open play XG as a team, but yeah, obviously Edwards in in, in a real rich vein of form at the minute. So so yeah, maybe worth getting getting on board with. Also, think if you can if you know which Brighton asset is gonna is gonna start, then I think that they could be um, a pretty good uh, option. Brighton have created the most open play XG out of any team in in, in the league so far, and obviously Bournemouth are, are near the bottom for XGC. But it's 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 always that kind of you know, Brighton rotation. I guess Matoma is probably the safest one, Andy. That we that we'd think at, the, at this stage, but yeah, it's it's, it's really hard to know. And uh, but I guess Deserby sometimes does give clues in his press conference, doesn't he? He does sometimes say this player will start. We've had it with Ferguson so far this year. So if you get any clue and they're in your team, I think that they could be a, a really a really interesting other option. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's Harland or bust as ever. Uh, let's finish then with a little game we like to call Who the Heck is Stat? Uh, each week, Andy and I take it in turns to pick a player from the FPL universe. They must be owned by at least 5% of managers, and the other person has to guess who it is. They get five clues, and if they guess it after the first clue, they get five points. After the second clue, they get four points, and so on and so forth. Each time we hear a, each time they hear a new clue, uh, we get two minutes to stick or twist on our previous guests, so we don't reveal the answer to the end. You can play along wherever you are listening to the FPL Lounge podcast, even if that is on a sunbed in Mallorca. Um, I currently lead Andy 9-5, but Andy has a game in hand. That's correct, isn't it? Yes, you yes. have a game in hand. So, uh, so, yeah, an opportunity to pull level, I guess, or maybe even take the lead uh, if you get a five, if you get a five-pointer, but otherwise close the gap. Uh, how how red are you feeling? How many, how many Australians are down is the question. To be fair, I think I've only had the one today. So, oh, right. fine um, then. Yeah, that's not an excuse, but uh, my lack of multiple screens that I'd usually have, maybe that's an excuse, um, and just general being in the zone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough, fair enough. Would you like me to just quickly WhatsApp you a picture of the fixtures that you usually go down? 
Would that, that be is a fair? That is a kind offer. However, I've managed to uh, get them up separately okay. on 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 our video conferencing client. So Fine. no worries. Okay. Thank right. Well, in that case, I will I will crack on with uh, with clue number one. Uh, it is this player's fifth season in FPL, and they've scored over 100 points in each of their previous four. Who the heck is that? Fifth season, over 100 points, so consistent. Mm, I don't know why, but instantly into my brain. Nah, it can't be. It can't be. They would have had. I was going to say James Ward-Prowse, but he's he's got to have had more than five seasons. Um. Just because someone I know has been consistent over the years, didn't he? I think he famously had a run where he like didn't miss a minute for like two or three seasons in a row. But yeah, fairly sure he'd he'd have more than, than five years. Um, I guess that's the place to start. Really, fifth season. Um, Brighton is it there? Round about fifth year in the Premier League. Uh, um, I do one. I do a Brighton one last week or recently, possibly. Um, who would it? Who would it be? I guess Lewis Dunk. Why does that? Why does that ring a bell though? Has he? Has he been on this recently? No, maybe. I mean, he's a consistent player for Brighton. Who they? Is it? I guess so. The key is for me now to think. I guess it could be sixth. I think it's more than four. You got thirty seconds. Okay. Well, I think I'm gonna have to. I think it could be. It could be six. It could be five. It could be six. It could be seven. So let's just go at this point with with Lewis Dunk and get another clue. Okay, no problem. Clue number two then. Uh, last season, this player started all but one Premier League game and had 17 attacking returns, slightly underperforming his XGI, according to official FPL. Who the heck is Stat? Okay, so obviously not Dunk. Um, got just over 17 XGI. And 17 attacking returns. I guess it could be someone like a Jared Bowen. Is he going to be over 5% owned? Yeah, probably. Has um, generally been a pretty consistent in terms of appearances since he's been in the league. Um, 17 maybe feels like a lot, but I suppose when you combine goals and assists, could be roundabout there. Um, 17 attacking returns last season. Ends up sounding like quite a few, doesn't it? Um, five years, five seasons, I guess is the key here. Is there anyone else I can think of? Saka, maybe five. Martinelli wouldn't have quite had five. Jesus would have probably had slightly more I'd say would he he's going to be in there around five as well 17 probably sounds about the right territory for him 30 seconds two options Jesus and Bowen um 
Jesus underperforming his XGI would be classic. So uh, I wonder if you know ten not, seconds. Could it be Bruno? So if you're probably not okay, well I'll just go with what who did I say originally? Bowen. Let's go, Bowen. Bowen. Okay. Clue number three then. Uh this player is currently the eighth most owned at his position and the third most owned at his club. Who the heck is stat? Oh. Eighth most owned at his position. Could Bowen Bowen be that? Seems unlikely that he's the eighth most owned midfielder. Third most owned at his club could be possible. Eighth most owned midfielder. Surely not. Surely not. So we've got to move on. Jesus. Unlikely to be third most owned at Arsenal, surely. Like a number of defenders, Saka, Martinelli. So suggest neither of them. Bruno would be. Posing just about around because he was high owned and then he had a lot of sales, but he could still have managed to cling on to being the eighth highest owned midfielder. Rashford would be higher owned than him, I suppose, at United. Maybe. Would who else would be though? Shaw, some like some like zombie teams of Shaw in. Uh, um think who else you don't from your not so I suppose it's maybe a Bruno um in terms of the various clues here who else fifth season fifth feels like a lot for Bruno maybe it's 30 his seconds obviously he came in a January so that distorts things maybe uh who are I'm trying to think of anyone else this could be then um I don't even know I guess I guess I'm just gonna have to switch to Bruno at this point Bruno Fernandes then, yeah, clue yes. at the end of clue three. Okay, no problem. Clue number four. This player has had one price drop this season, despite starting at his lowest starting price since his debut season. Who the heck is Stat? Okay, we like this. We like this because he has had a price drop. And he, I can't remember what it was in his starting season, but I'm pretty sure this is probably the lowest he's been. For a while, he was definitely high. He was ten and a half last year, I think, to start. Um, so this is starting to rack up that he could tick a few of these boxes. It's probably not enough to make me move off because, like, I know he's had a price drop. Um, fifth season, roughly. It's there or thereabouts because of joining in that January. Um, so, I mean, there can't be a huge pool of players who had over 17 XGI by the end of last season. Um, and so he would be in it. Third at United throws me off. You did say third at his club, didn't you? I did, yeah. I can only think it's Shaw Zombie teams and, and Rashford. Who on earth else could it be? Um... Yeah, I think I think I'm probably just going to have to stick with Bruno Fernandez at this point. Okay, you still got forty seconds, but you sure? Uh, price drop. 
what was the rest of this clue the fourth clue uh, so you've now got 30 seconds and uh, the player has had one price drop this season despite starting at his lowest starting price since his debut season. Yeah, pretty sure this has got to be one of his lowest starting prices as well. So I think this is just ticking too many boxes. I can't switch off him. I've got to stick with Bruno. Okay then, no problem. Uh, clue number five then to round us off. He currently has the highest expected assists in the game. Who the heck is that? Oh, that is a savage clue number five. That is, that is, I mean, it's not hard, it's not mega, mega hard one. Like, there's only a handful of players that could be, but like, oof, it's supposed to be a little bit more of a gimme because it's I think. Not, it's not a classic Chris gimme. No, it's not, it's not. Uh, which, which, we both do them as gimmies. The well, final. sure, but you know, I've, I've given you before which of these players is having a party at Wembley. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> um. So obviously, I would expect Bruno to be up there in terms of the XA. I wonder if Al Salah's getting on on that front because I know his non-penalty XGI is high. Um, Chilwell was up there at a point. Um, I mean, so again, it's probably not enough to move me off. But if it's not Bruno at this point, that last clue has not, yeah, done enough legwork there. So. Um, I know he's going to be, he, he's been doing all right on his XA so far this season. Over his first, feels like yeah, high, but I think, I guess I'm going to have to just think that he is. It's not unfeasible. So, um, yeah, I think, and he's had a price drop. So there can't be that many players who've done well, but still had a, in terms of underlyings and had a price drop. So, yeah, I think, I, I think I've just got to stick with Bruno. And you would be correct to do so. It is indeed Bruno Fernandes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you worked it out pretty logically and, and, and got there. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. Eighth most owned in his position, as you say, was higher owned, but has had that price drop. Third most owned at his club. The second most owned is not Luke Shaw. And I don't think I'm surprised that you didn't get it, but I think it is, um, is interesting that we kind of always forget about goalkeepers because it is Andre Onana. Oh yeah, he had a lot of ownership at the start of the season. Yeah, well. so he 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 but, but, his ownership is well over twenty percent. Less so because of goalkeepers though, but more so, more so just because he was absolutely nowhere near my thinking. I mean, Man United are third worst. If you own Andre Onana or Luke Shaw, you get what you deserve. It, it, uh, this was yeah, we've had injuries, but we're not good defensively. If you've ever listened to me ever before, we're not good defensively. Yeah, I mean, completely fair. Um, but yeah, so the, obviously I did wonder if the fifth, um, if the fifth season would would throw you a little bit off secrets because he did have, um, I guess he's had, what, three and a half previous and now this is the fifth. So um, yeah, it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? He still feels like a newish player to United, but yeah. It does, but like I was just looking through it when you first said Lewis Dunk. It's Lewis Dunk's seventh season this this year. Right, like yeah. Brighton still feel like a newly promoted team, but obviously they're not. And yeah, they are a mainstay of the Premier League now. Chris, and have what's been for a long time. Is, is we're just getting old. Like, yeah, that's worrying, time. isn't it? I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I, I feel this way at the start of every season when we have this, when we always start with these like it's the players' X season in in FPL and like everything that you've previously been thinking about in terms of how long the clubs have been in the league gets thrown off by a year and you just can't do the can't do the maths even though it's only plus one uh, but yeah there we are but yeah no i think uh, that was a relatively straightforward three points for you i think once you got it it was very easy to stick there um so yeah congrats what a nice little holiday bonus for you 
sure well, it's gonna, I'm sure it's going to make your holiday, really, isn't it? Well, I'd have, it would have made my holiday if I'd managed to pull level, but that was quite a torture. So, I, I, you know, I'll, defi- I'll definitely take it. One point in this game with this many weeks left is nothing, and I know that Chris will be shaking in his boots <laughs> that, back, back that close to me again. You, you in, were enjoying your little cushion there for I a was, while. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, isn't, it, isn't it harder being the, the, the chasee rather than the chaser? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Tell, ask, ask, ask me, ask me in week twenty-seven when we're still here. Uh, if we're still in this position, I mean, we um, won't. So I won't right, ask right, you in week twenty-seven because I'll have got you by then. Right. Well, there you go. There we go. Um, let's leave it there then, Andy. Let's uh, let's bring this one, bring this one home, as you will be very soon. Uh, but yeah, um, if our managers and, and listeners have any questions ahead of game week six, how can they get in touch? They can find us on Twitter X or Instagram, at FPL underscore lounge. And yes, um, let us know how you're getting on. Let, let us think of the pod. He's still enjoying it. It's, it's like, oh, I don't know, fourth or fifth, whatever season for Chris and I. And it really does feel like we've been doing this uh, a while a while now. Time has absolutely flown by. So, you know, with zero budget and the amount of many hours we've put into this, uh, it, it's just nice to hear if you do like it. Or even if you don't, we, we, we've, we've made tweets to the show over the years based on listener feedback. So do let us know what you think. Absolutely. And yeah, also let us know what your favourite all-inclusive beer has ever been. I think that's one that we all want to know. Um, we will be back then with our Game Week 7 preview, hopefully about the same time next week ahead of that deadline. But Andy, until then. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs>